You're listening to the Counterculture Mom Show. Our kids are under fire every day with the media and pop culture persuading them to give up their faith and Christian values. Stay tuned now as former Hollywood actress and pop culture expert Tina Griffin helps you counter these messages and safely navigate today's pop culture chaos. As a devout Roman Catholic for 35 years, Mike Gendron was deceived and did not know it because he had never opened a Bible. When he began reading the scriptures, he had a crisis of faith and realized he needed to exchange his religion for an eternal relationship with Jesus Christ, his Lord and Savior. His life was turned upside down and he left the corporate world to study the Bible at seminary full time. Today, Mike directs a worldwide ministry of making disciples by calling people to place their complete faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ while forsaking all human works and merit so that by grace alone they can receive God's irrevocable gift of eternal life. His goal is to expose any religious doctrines or traditions that oppose or nullify the gospel of grace so that people can discern truth from error and not be deceived. He's talking my language. This is the Counterculture Mom Show. I'm your host, Tina Griffin, and our mission is to expose the lies of the enemy and blast the truth to the masses. We are honored to have you join us today. And of course, theme of the week is exposing the deception of the prosperity gospel. I'm with Mike Gendron, evangelist with Proclaiming the Gospel. Mike, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Tina. It's a privilege and a joy to be with you. Yes. Well, I just want to let you know that I am not a stalker. My mom's not a stalker, but it happened to be that you met both of us here in under two weeks. My mom blew up my phone when she just heard you and Justin Peters speaking in Wisconsin and said, you got to get these guys in the show. They were fantastic. And of course, I, she was overjoyed when I told her we already have you guys slated to be on the program. So thank you. We're not stalkers. We're just huge fans of you exposing this critical topic. Well, I just love God's providence because the week after you invited me, I did a conference in Green Bay and there in the audience was your mother. So it really is amazing to see how God works. Okay, Mike, I just want to preface this by saying to anyone tuning in here today that these questions are going to ruffle some feathers, but we got to address them because there's so much deception out there because I believe Satan knows there's just a little time left to deceive as many people as possible. So Everyone tuning in, just sit back, relax, and ask God to give you clarity on what we're about to address. And know that I myself was deceived with some of these questions until God gave me truth over the years. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm still figuring everything out myself. There's still some questions I've got. So, Mike, what is the only hope for families to survive in a godless culture today? It's challenging because we live in a nation that is probably under divine judgment for turning its back on true God. It appears God has turned us over to people in power that are attacking at the very foundation of our society. They are destroying our families, our schools. They're destroying our universities. They're corrupting our judicial system, our government, and yes, even the media. We are being lied to by people in charge of our nation. Everything is tainted with deception to the point where no one can be trusted. Mm -hmm. And that includes people like politicians and doctors and scientists and pharmacists, CEOs, lawyers, priests, teachers, instructors, the media, no one can be trusted. So this gives us a perfect opportunity to turn people to the only source that will never mislead them or deceive them, and that is the inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God. So let's make the most of every opportunity and share the Word of God with people. Mike, you gave me chills from head to toe. 
I had a Bible study last night with my husband through our church. We're getting everything kicked off again. After that, I had three amazing girlfriends who love the Lord. And we see the deception. We love studying end time prophecy, all of it. And we all met last night. And the last thing I told my three girlfriends, we all had like our last little bit of wisdom of what God was teaching us. As I said, there's so much deception in the world today. I really don't know who to trust anymore. But what I know is what God tells me. And they all started laughing as in, you are exactly right. So we have to be so wise and so uh, discerning in these end times. There is a verse in the New Testament that talks about be careful in the end times that even the elect might be deceived. And I told God 25 years ago, living in LA, doing film and TV work, Lord, I'd rather know the truth and not be able to sleep for a couple of weeks, but I do not want to be deceived. You totally nailed it. There's so much deception, even from people we thought we could trust. Okay, so you're telling us the main way to survive in this godless culture is by trusting God and God alone. Well, that's true, because there is another God, and that is the God of this world, Satan. And I really believe he knows his days are numbered. And so he's using everything he can to deceive people, to carry out his evil deeds and desires. He's created a godless culture of deception, fraud, and deceit. And we need to remember that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places, This may sound familiar. It's what the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 6. We must take up the full armor of God to stand firm with spiritual weapons of truth, righteousness, faith in God. And we must use God's word as the sword of the spirit to slay the lies of the devil. In fact, every lie of the devil can be slain using the authority of God's word. And we must be willing to go against the flow. We, we need to discern God's ways from the world's ways. And we must not only love the truth, Tina, but we need to hate what is false. Yes. And that means we can never, ever let a lie of the devil go unabated. We are here for God's purpose. He's left us here. In fact, you may even remember in the Lord's high priestly prayer to the Father in John 17, he prayed, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from evil, keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And so the bottom line is, Tina, we need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He is working at his plan according to God's perfect will. And we must be part of the solution, not part of the problem. If we do nothing, all that does was it, it helps the enemy. So we need to be active. We need to contend for the faith. And ultimately, we need to proclaim the gospel because that's the only way we can turn an enemy of God into a friend of God. Mike, I can clearly see why my mom loves you and how much you love Jesus. I'm addicted to Jesus. Right now, if I wasn't taping, I'd be in scripture. That's how on fire I've been lately with getting the word of God in me so I'm not deceived and I can expose the plot of the enemy. I love exposing what Satan's all about. He's not happy. There's some death threats every now and then. But you know what? My job is fun. Um, And I can tell you absolutely enjoy your job. All right, you just said that we need to go against the flow of this godless world. I absolutely agree. Can you go over a couple of these verses, one or two of them you already said, that you included and sent over our direction? So here's the image. Can you go over a couple of more for us and our listeners here? Well, sure. The first point 
is that God's ways are not the world's ways. We see that in Isaiah 55. And so, as I mentioned, there is a God of this world that goes against the true God, and he hates everything God is doing. He's doing everything he can to combat the way that God has pointed out the will of God. And so that's the first verse that we need to remember. And we also need to put on the armor of God. We talked about that, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. We need to use the truth. We need to recognize we're in spiritual battles. And ultimately, that means flowing, going against the flow. Everyone is coming at us. We need to go upstream. We need to love the truth, but also hate what is false because Everything false is a result of the devil being deceptive. He's the father of lies, and there's no truth in him. And for anybody tuning in, that's exactly why our whole ministry team is called Counterculture Ministries. I had a dear friend of mine that went to church in Missouri one day. She goes, I was praying. This is where I, when I used to live in Missouri. I was praying to help God give you a different ministry name, and I told her why. Um, now I, I'm married. I have four kids. I have a different mission in life. It's deeper. I have a, you know, a bigger view. And she came out of there that in that service and said, God gave me the answer. You're counterculture mom. I'm like, oh yeah, counterculture going against the stream of what everyone else is saying is okay. So everybody out there, it is cool to be counterculture. All right, Mike, can you discern between truth and error in a postmodern world? What are your thoughts on that? Well, this is difficult because the very era that we are in, postmodernism, they declare there is no absolute truth. They say that all truth is subjective, that my truth is just as valid as your truth. And we need to reject this nonsense. We need to recognize that the truth rejectors of this world are children of the devil, who is the father of lies, and there's no truth in him. We must point people to the personification of truth. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the way for those who are lost. He's the truth for those who are deceived. And he's the very life for those who are dead in their sins. So we need to look to Christ. He said, my word is truth. He said, I came to testify to the truth. He said, everybody on the side of truth listens to me. So that's the only way we can live in this postmodern era is to recognize truth is absolute when it comes from Christ and his word. Amen to that. And there's so much blessing in being obedient to the truth. I've had over the years, even myself as a kid, well, why are all these rules and regulations? And that's not why God had scripture made for rules and regulations. He wants to keep us from harm and protect us because he loves us. So it makes complete sense. But when you abide in Christ's word and do what he calls us to do, the only thing I can say is I wish I was a Christian earlier than when I became a believer at the age of 16 because I love doing what God's called me to do. It's like once we find our purpose in life, uh, you know, let me, let me at them. You know, I'm all, I'm all over it. Okay. You have a great image you sent our direction about the reasons we need discernment complete with scripture references. Can you explain why these reasons are so important? Well, sure. The first one is we need to have discernment so that we can examine ourselves to see if we have the true faith. And this was the exhortation of Paul to the Corinthian church. He's, he's writing this to the church. And so within the church, he's got terrors that have been planted by the devil. And so we need to examine ourselves. One of the best ways to do that is to read the first epistle of John. There is a snapshot of the 
family of God and all the characteristics that we have, see if they line up with what John has revealed in 1 John. We also need to examine everything so that we can hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. Paul wrote that to the Thessalonian church, his first epistle in chapter 5, verse 21. And we need to test the veracity of every man's teaching. You know, the Lord Jesus said that in the last days there would be great deception, false teachers, false Christ, and false prophets. So they're everywhere. We need to use uh, the principle that Paul gave in Acts 17, 11, as he was preaching the listeners were searching the scriptures to test the teaching of an apostle who wrote over half the New Testament. So if an apostle comes under the scrutiny of scripture, every man's teaching must also be tested by the authority of scripture. Okay, I'm going to stop you halfway through that because my key question is this, which a lot of people ask me over the years. You said for number two, to examine everything so we can hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. And you reiterated that we absolutely need to examine the teachers and preachers out there because there are going to be false prophets. God warned us about that. And many today, I believe, are posing as Christians. So when we blast something out through our counterculture mom map, we lovingly say, here's some red flags about this pastor, this preacher, this teacher. They are saying something that contradicts the word of God. Sometimes, most of the time people are like, oh, thank you so much for the info. We were thinking the same thing. What else you got? But sometimes I'll get people that'll rattle off. Who are you to judge? Why are you trying to pick on other Christians? We have enough to battle in the world today already. I lost a staff member because we blasted out some things about Stephen Furtick saying, keep him in prayer, but he is not preaching the word of God. What do you have to say to the people that think that other Christians are judging when I believe it's us warning people to not be deceived in the end times? Well, we're called to judge and judge righteously. And when we uh, expose false teachers, we're doing exactly what the apostles did. In Paul's second letter to Timothy, he named names. He identified who the false teachers were. Now, obviously, this wasn't politically correct, but he wanted to warn his readers so they would not be misled by these false teachers. So in 2 Corinthians 11, verses 13 to 15, Paul encourages us to identify and expose preachers who are servants of the devil, carrying out his goal to deceive the world. There's so many willing pawns of the devil that are in it for their own prosperity, for their own uh, influence, for their own popularity, and we need to identify them and expose them. I love you. I wish you were a neighbor. Okay, the last two you ha had on here is to test the veracity of every man's teaching, Acts 17, 11, and to identify and expose preachers who are servants of the devil, carrying out the, his goal to deceive the world, 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. Absolutely fantastic information. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, and then we're going to identify false teachers right afterward from our sponsor. Anxiety is at an all-time high, causing restlessness and paralyzing panic attacks. There is Hope, a revolutionary product that brings healing and relieves symptoms of anxiety by harnessing the body's own electrical fields in conjunction with a pre-programmed patch. The Restore Patch is an all-natural, drug-free, wearable patch, and it's risk-free with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Check out RestorePatch.com and get 10% off using promo code TINA at checkout. Stop feeling overwhelmed, fearful, and anxious with Restore Patch. 
We're back. Hey, Mike, how can we identify and avoid false teachers in the professing church today? Well, there's a, an abundance of false teachers. In fact, um, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> there may be more false teachers in our churches today than true, che- true teachers. Yes. But in order to identify and avoid false teachers, we must ask several questions. What doctrinal truth are they denying? What doctrinal truth are they rejecting? What doctrinal truth are they twisting? And what doctrinal truth are they ignoring? You know, the Apostle Paul said in latter times, some will depart from the faith and follow doctrines of demons. And so we know there are doctrines of demons out there. And what I like to do is contrast the doctrines of the devil with the doctrines of God. We know from Scripture that the doctrines of God are divine revelations. But the doctrines of demons are damnable heresies. They, they in, end up keeping people from coming to faith in Christ. The doctrines of God set people free. Jesus said, if you're truly a disciple of mine, you will abide in my word. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, free from religious deception, free from the doctrines of demons, because the doctrines of demons hold people captive. Yes. In fact, Second Timothy chapter 2 Paul said we're to pray for those in opposition that God would grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth so they can escape the snare of the devil that holds them captive to do his will. Uh, Yes, Mike, you have a, for the people tuning in via audio, you have a whole list of doctrines of God. Can you rattle off all the doctrines of God and then uh, tell us about the doctrines of demons? Well, sure. The doctrines of God, they, they are divine revelations from God himself. They set people free. They, they produce life. The word of God is the very seed that brings forth life. The doctrines of God bring conviction. Using the Holy Spirit and the word of God, we are convicted. We also know that the doctrines of God expose lies. We can test every man's teaching with the doctrines of God. It also divides in truth. Tina, I don't know of anything that both unites and divides except for truth. But the word of God divides people. It divides unbelievers from believers. And the doctrines of God bring everlasting joy and everlasting peace. What a contrast with the doctrines of demons. Absolutely. Doctrines of demons. Here's the bad news. Mike, give it to us. (laughs) Well, the Bible describes the doctrines of demons as damnable heresies. They hold people captive. They prevent life. They tickle people's ears and they feed the flesh. They actually conceal truth and they unite people in error. And that's the ultimate goal of Satan is to unite all professing Christians under the power and influence of the false prophet, who I believe may be the office of the Pope. And doctrines of demons bring everlasting punishment. And Tina, one of the most vivid and provable damnable heresies of the devil is the doctrine of venial sin that we see in the Catholic Church. Because what this does is it perpetuates the lie of the devil in the garden. The devil told Eve, you surely shall not die if you break God's command. Well, the Catholic Church calls that venial sins. It doesn't produce death and eternal punishment in hell only temporal punishment in a place called purgatory. That is clearly a doctrine of the demon. Mike, Mike, you went there. The Catholic Church, the Pope, let's do this. Um, I've been researching this for a couple of decades. 
I was raised Catholic till I was about 10. And then I want to say my parents saw the light, placed their faith in the Lord. We left the Catholic church about my mid twenties. I was living in LA and I got this wild phone call from my grandma. She's like, Hey, are you coming back to visit? I'm like, actually I'm going back to Wisconsin here soon. Let's get together. She never really wanted to talk about God, Jesus, any of it. But when I went over to visit, she opened up her Bible. She goes, Tina, I just don't know anymore. Like, this is the first time I've ever sharing this anywhere besides my family. I said, what do you mean you don't know anymore about what? She goes, well, I go to Catholic church every week. I go here, I go there, mass and profession and confession. I don't even know what all the terms are. I was 10 when I left. But she said, um, I just don't know where I'm going when I die. That turned into a half an hour conversation. And that day, my grandfather and my grandmother, I led them to the life-saving knowledge of Christ. They both became believers my grandfather then passed away about three months later from cancer, and I'll never forget it. My my grandpa actually wanted me to repeat twice, so he made sure made sure he was saved. I'm like, oh my gosh, grandpa, that's so cool. Um, and then he passed away three months later. But they grew up in the Catholic Church. They were going for 50, 60 years. So we have to look at that deception. You have a video on the Pope being a false teacher. I believe he's a false prophet. We'll see sooner than later here. That includes some excellent advice about how to discern false teachers in the church. This is an absolute eye-opener. Everybody check this out. Mike, is the Pope a false teacher? Again, Costi, by the authority of Scripture, we can say not only is he a false teacher, but he may be the most influential and powerful false teacher in the world today. And what we're told to do through the example of the Bereans in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, is to test every man's teaching with the authority of God's word. As Paul was preaching in the synagogues of Berea, he noticed that his listeners were searching the scriptures. And they were doing that to test the veracity of an apostle, an apostle who wrote nearly half the New Testament. So if an apostle comes under the scrutiny of Scripture, shouldn't everyone, shouldn't you and I, shouldn't the Pope? And so by the authority of Scripture, we can say he goes against the authority of God's Word. He preaches a false and fatal gospel. He's under divine condemnation for doing that. And he also wears the three titles given to the triune God. He dares to say that he is the Holy Father and that he's the head of the church and also that he's the vicar of Christ. Jesus said, I must go, but I will send someone in my place. He wasn't referring to the papacy, but to the Holy Spirit. So the Pope is the most powerful false teacher today, not only deceiving 1.3 billion Roman Catholics, but many Protestants look to him too as Holy Father. I could not agree more with what you just shared with Costi Hinn. But when we come back, we're going to find out two books we need to have in our brain besides the Bible right after this. Let's face it. Our kids don't have great options when it comes to getting their first phone. Introducing Gab Wireless. Gab has talk, text, calculator, alarm, calendar, radio, and that's it. What more do they need? And the best part, Gab users spend 80% less time on their phones than the average teen. That means they'll spend more time playing outside, developing talents, and learning how to talk to actual humans. So if you want your kids to live life outside the screen, go to GabWireless.com and get them a Gab phone today. Save 30% off on all Gab devices when you use the promo code TINA at checkout. That's T-I-N-A. All right, Mike, two key books everyone tuning in to right now via audio, podcast, Sirius XM, radio, TV, doesn't matter where you're at. They are titled Preparing for Eternity and Contending for the Gospel. 
Check them out at your website, proclaimingthegospel.org. Can you tell us about these fantastic books? Well, preparing for eternity is something we all need to be doing because as we have talked, there is much deception in the world today. There is much false teachers, many false teachers. And so we need to make sure that we are trusting the word of God. It is inerrant. It's infallible. And what I do in the book is contrast the word of God with the teachings of the Catholic Church. Contending for the gospel is a, God, is a book that I had to write because of the ecumenical movement. We have so many evangelicals comp compromising the gospel. They're watering it down. They're making it... Um, to the point where everybody can agree on a watered-down gospel. They're taking the offense out of the gospel. Evangelicals are saying that we have the same gospel as Roman Catholics. That's what the Unity Accords are saying. And so more than ever, we need to contend earnestly for the gospel, maintain its purity, its exclusivity. You know, the, the Jude wrote in his book, his epistle, the third verse, earnestly contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. When we look at the Roman Catholic religion, they have added so much to the faith of the apostles to the point that they drifted away from the faith of the apostles and are they're now apostate. They've, uh, they've gone into apostate form of Christianity. And so this gospel encourages the readers to contend for the purity and exclusivity of the gospel. Mike, thank you for your time today, for your tenacity, for your diligence, for speaking the truth, and for leaving the Catholic Church after 35 years, because obviously you probably got some pushback from family members in that. We did. You had to have. Thank you so much for a solid, solid biblical truth teaching today. Thanks for joining us for the Counterculture Mom Show with your host, Tina Griffin. For over two decades, Tina has traveled the globe exposing how pop culture is glamorizing harmful behaviors without showing the consequences and how these messages are wreaking havoc on today's youth. Through radio, TV, podcasts, and our app, Counterculture Ministries is reaching millions every week with a biblically-based message for hope for today's teens and their parents. But we can't do that without your faithful prayer and financial investment. If you appreciate the ministry of Tina and Counterculture Ministries, would you prayerfully consider a generous gift right now? We have a donor matching dollar for dollar. You can give securely online by visiting counterculturemom.com or by texting the word DONATE to the number 55444. That's counterculturemom.com or text the word DONATE to the number 55444. Every dollar is doubled. If you love this show, you can stay up to date on the latest critical issues affecting your family by catching all of our weekly episodes with resource links, signing up for our e-newsletter, and downloading our Counterculture Mom app, where you get timely pop culture alerts. Visit counterculturemom.com for more details. And be sure to join us next week for another edition of the Counterculture Mom Show with Tina Griffin, where we are rewriting Hollywood script for our kids. 